Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. Today, my guest is Tobias Weber, founding partner of Control Movie, a choose-your-own-adventure movie format that can be watched at home and in theaters. He's also a filmmaker who directed and co-wrote Late Shift, an interactive heist feature film that was the first Control Movie release, and you can buy it on the Apple Store. Control Movie is an, an entire ecosystem for the creation and deployment or screening of interactive movies. Movies which are sort of in the space between films, traditional cinema, and games. And uh, what inspired you to start it? I'm not a huge gamer. I'm definitely a filmmaker first and foremost. Um, but I've always kind of liked certain video games or click and, click and point kind of adventures. So I think it's, it's maybe the two things that have influenced me into doing something which is at the, at the crossroad of film and game. I kind of like the interaction of the filmmaker with the audience, and I wanted to deepen that and give the audience a say and, and make it sort of bi-directional rather than just me telling my story and, and basically involving the audience and, and toying with them and toying with how they perceive the story and, and then give them answers to how they perceive it and how they decide to go along with it. And I think it's just a very fascinating way of communicating or talking to an audience. Was this kind of a gradual process where over time you start to realize the potential of this medium? Or was this like a quick epiphany where you're like, this is what I have to do next? It's definitely started off as an idea, as a vision, as something, wow, wouldn't that be cool, that, that kind of thing. And then um, originally, we just thought, well, this could be really cool on tablets. And then we started toying with it. And then we realized, oh, actually, we could bring this also to other bigger screens. It's definitely grown into what it is today. And I think hopefully it will grow even further. And I mean, when we showed Leitif for the very first time, to 100 film students here in Zurich. That was definitely an epiphany kind of or a revelation in the sense that we, we realized, wow, this can actually be a lot of fun when you watch it together um, as a large audience in a, in a cinema or in a, in a movie theater. This is definitely something we did never really anticipate. And so it's definitely grown into something bigger than it was originally intended for. And why did you choose The Late Shift as a project to launch your company? much against all the advice we were we, we've been given a lot of people said it's it's so risky it's so stupid to basically just do one big movie you should do like 10 little shorts instead and we we thought no actually we want to prove that this works as a as a standalone film experience and we feared that we would be perceived only as like a video game or something really short it were those kind of short digital formats that you would find online. Um, and therefore, we really wanted to prove that you can do actual movies in this kind of format. That's why we did Late Shift and a full 90-minute film, Why a Heist. Um, that has to do with the story format. And we thought a heist would sort of lend itself pretty well because the main protagonist is under pressure and you can prevent uh, the story from like branching out way too far because of the pressure that is applied to the character anyway. So that's why we, we thought it's good, good to do a heist. And we also wanted to do something which was fairly open in terms of um, 
or a very traditional movie format and, and nothing like too genre. And when you talk about the pressure, are you talking about the pressure in the sense that there's like a ticking clock? Yeah, because in a high story, in a thriller, you usually have a character after the inciting incident. Um, there is some outside pressure on, on the guy or the girl or whatever. And then um, this person needs to find a way out of trouble and into, I don't know, towards the happy ending or whatever ending that, then, that we reach. Um, but you, it's not like a comedy where you just have a person and then it could go like practically anywhere. You know, a, a comedy could be theoretically more open. Although even even so, I think nowadays, I think it's okay. I mean, or from today's perspective, I think that even in a comedy, you're still telling that one story and then it, it wouldn't branch out like overly too much. But uh, in general, that was the thinking behind why or our choice of, of a heist. What's the script writing process for a control movie? Generally, I think the script writing starts off much like any other story you want to tell basically with outlining your characters, knowing what the backbone of your story is, who, you, who all the characters are. And then eventually you have to add a system of choice of what do you want the audience to talk about here? Um, or where do you want to bring in choice and what effect will this choice have? We made it basically almost a character-driven story where you're building character or you're, you're defining who this guy becomes along the 90 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, once you have that established, then you can sort of do the, the, the backbone of things where you say, OK, here we have like parallel episodes or parallel scenes. Um, and where do they go and, and what are the, the endings that potentially can be reached? And then when when you have this course uh, interactive structure, then you go into writing things and then. Yes, it becomes more tricky, I guess, because you have to think in all those parallel branches and you have to make sure that continuity works. And that can be mind boggling at times, of course. The popular software's final draft for just traditional uh, script writing. How does um, the software for this platform differ? The tool that we are using is basically is, is our propri proprietary software. We call it Control Create. Um, and it is a, a script writing tool much like Final Draft, it basically has exactly the same features in terms of when you write dialogue or action scenes or descriptions or what's going on. Um, so even the shortcuts are exactly the same as in Final Draft. But then at some point, when you come to a branching, you can define the branchings as well. And then it becomes more like a flow chart kind of structure. And the tool helps you to keep track of all those um, branches and make, sh make sure that you don't have any dead ends and that everything flows logically and, and it helps you also lay out these things in, in a sensible way so that you can basically concentrate on the writing process and you don't have to worry about the layouting too much. So what goes into your mind when you're at the director level creating branching narratives? I mean, basically, once you're on set, what we try to do is tie things together rather than just shooting all the segments separately. We tried to chain them up together and then we did entire routes across multiple pages of the multi-optional script. And then we said, okay, let's just go down all the left side of the script. Um, and then we went back to the same place and then went down the right side of the script. And then 
we picked up some stuff that was in the middle and then you can do pickups once you, but it's really important that you keep the flow and that you um that you don't do just bits bits by bit or bit by bit because then it becomes too broken up and you lose the flow so yeah that's what we did variations of the same things in sort of chains i think that like you have to try this experience to understand what i'm going to talk about but when you look at control movie uh specifically the late shift project you are moving like a bowling ball rolling down a hill and uh you think about a lot of these choose your own adventures where you pause you make a decision and then you continue and then you pause and make another decision here you have the sense where you're being cornered to act in real time yeah thank you for that um i appreciate it a lot um because it has been super important to us that this was actually the case. The seamlessness was key to the idea, to the vision. Um, we've only started building prototypes or, or, or starting to shoot the first little uh, short that we did as a test pilot. Um, once we knew that we could achieve the seamless playback technologically. And on the technology side, that's one thing. But yes, on the other hand, you need to shoot it the way that it feels flowing and, and, and it's a, you need to have a good compromise between how long you allow people to make a choice and when you decide to well sorry this has to go on if you didn't make up your mind by now consequences arise of some nature um, so I think it's really important that those decision moments are too too long and that the, the decisions themselves that they're super intuitive most of the time we only there are like two words yes or no or uh stay or run or stuff that i i see instantly i understand instantly the the concept behind and i then make up my mind and and i press the button and then it continues and i think this is really important to stay in the flow of the film in in the willing suspension of disbelief or you've forgotten for a little while that you're sitting in a cinema with your friends and you're in the story and you need to stay in that story. If, if every single time the, the choice comes up, you realize, oh, I'm actually me and I'm actually sitting here with my friends, it sort of breaks the flow of the film and, and this shouldn't happen. How do you work with actors? Yeah, it's a very tricky question. I mean, you've, you have similar aspects in normal movies as well, where you, you normally shoot out of chronological order. So you, you always have to, like, before you start shooting, think, okay, where am I? Where have I been? Where am I going? So you're doing this on a normal shoot or a normal set too. Here it's just a little bit more complex because maybe you've been to various places um, and maybe you're going different directions. You just need to go through all of these um, with your actors and then decide of how you want to play the scene. Um, there is no shortcut to that. You, you really need to do this work. What was a memorable experience working with an actor on Late Shift where the unique opportunities and challenges of the medium created a different dynamic? I guess generally this whole thinking of where have we come from, where have we been, where are we, where are we going has always been like very present during the entire shoot. But um, there was one moment when, or there were multiple moments where we realized only on set that actually we needed to split things, which in the script had been only one segment. So for example, sometimes in a control movie, things converge to a same place. But 
depending on what's happened before, you may want to play this one thing differently after all. So we realized, for example, only when you're shooting that depending on where we've been, the actor could have known about something or not. So when they talk about a given aspect of like the heist, we had to do two versions in one of which he didn't know and he was like surprised by learning what he heard. And in the other version, we had to I had to play a version where <clears throat> he heard it and he said, well, okay, now I now feel confirmed because I've always known that, but now you say it. Do you see what I mean? It's, it's the yeah. same line of dialogue or lines of dialogue, but the reaction, just facial expression or the way they say the lines are different because in, in one place he's in the know and in the other place he's not. So um, you ha we had to split it up and we only realized that when we were acting it and doing it and shooting it, and it sort of escaped us when we were writing it. So in the, in the script, it wasn't like scripted as two separate entities. Um, and those are those are things I, I believe that keep happening um, when you shoot control movies, and, and you can't always foresee, foresee every little detail. Another thing is is more technical, but um, how do you treat clothes, for example, or continuity in general is a very tricky thing because if you've gone down one route or the other and you converge to a certain place, it may everything may make sense, but maybe he is, I don't know, taken off a shirt in one scene and he hasn't in the other. So, and if you converge, then it doesn't work because, yeah, it, it's a mismatch. Things like that are need to, or basically need to be thought of at the scripting stage, but also in the shooting or preparation of the shoot and everything. And how did you track continuity? Well, much like you do, you do track it um, on a normal set. It's just you have like multiple paths and it's just a little bit more complicated and demanding. And, and everyone needs to fully understand at all times where you are and what you've done and what you haven't done. It's more complex, but it's much of the same kind of work that, that you would do on a normal film, too. What makes a great control movie director? I don't know. I think in the end of the day, you're still as a good director is a good, uh, is somebody who can really tell a story well, convey that um, to the actors, work with them, withdraw like really emotional scenes from them, make stuff become real. And I think this is a quality that is the same regardless of the technology. I think when you play with the technology, you need to have all those qualities, but on top, maybe you have to have a certain interest in a new form of storytelling. Maybe that is because you're a gamer too, or you have an appreciation for games. Maybe it is because you wanna engage in a new kind of dialogue with the audience. I think there are multiple ways or multiple uh, motivations for a director to start toying with this kind of medium or this kind of technology. Why do you have the decision-making process happen real time versus pausing it and then offer the options? The real time component is super important to the control movie experience. And in general, I think that's why mostly why interactive movie making has failed in the past. It's because it hasn't been totally seamless and totally real time. And I think to an extent, films is probably the medium that comes closest to reality in terms of our emotions, in terms of um, depiction of real life. Um, and I think for that reason, we need to stay in the same kind of logic and life is full of choices for all of us. But again, it doesn't wait. 
we we all know that. I mean, if you if you wait too long, maybe someone who's asked you nicely question will turn away, and and, and I mean, you you have to react, you have to do something. You ha- and, and if you don't decide, that's a decision too. I mean, it just moves on and it doesn't wait. And I think we wanted to replicate that in the cinema as much as it's true um, for real life. Do different genres affect the way that somebody would create an experience? Not sure. In the end of the day, I think this is something that we are exploring now. And I'm really curious myself to find it out because, yes, we had a vision for late shift and yes, we had a vision for control movie so and so many things we've achieved and we've done them the way we've planned them but there were also surprises both uh, positive and negative and um, I think that will be the case in the future too when we embrace new genres or maybe new forms of storytelling or new more complex structures of the story I mean we have now chosen to have a very traditional heist which sort of follows a very well-known logic in terms of story I think it was a good choice to do that because we had a complex choice system that we added to this very traditional story format and and that was for a first film definitely enough of a challenge for both the makers and maybe the audiences but I think as as we go along and as we explore that further both as audiences and filmmakers I think we will be exploring more complex story formats where for example yes you can choose for multiple characters or you can have less linear story in terms of like Late Shift is just um, basically one story told over the course of a night. Um, you can maybe jump in time. We, you can tell the story out of chronological order, and it will still make sense even though you're making decisions. We didn't do that in the first thing, but I think this is definitely stuff that needs to be experimented with. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. You can find me on Twitter at PeterCats1. And the awesome music on today's episode is from Hourglass by the band Survive.